Hey, this is Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Chapel, Divine, Texas. Would really like to thank you for taking time to check out our podcast, our Sunday sermons, and our Wednesday night Bible studies. You can always share this, download it, or even find it on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, SoundCloud, and pretty much wherever you can find a podcast. You can also find out about our church service times. We have our Sunday service at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night Bible study at 7 p.m. We're located in the Market Media Building. It's located at 203 East College Avenue, Sweet C in Divine, Texas. Plus, if you need to get any other information from the church, you can do all of this at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Here's today's teaching. Uh, Joshua chapter 1 verses 5 through 9 is where we're going to focus at. And I, I entitled this, The Step Will Require Strength and Courage. We'll look at it in three parts. Step into a sure victory in verses 5 through 6. In uh, verses 7 and 8, step using a safe guide. And in verse 9, step with a sustaining power. Now, we are on 5G, so I'm not sure if this is breaking up or if I'm, you know, doing all that stuff, you know, it may be doing that, who knows. Uh, if not, just know that it's being recorded and we'll post it up later if, it's, if, you're, if you're having any issues with that. But we'll, uh, we'll make sure that uh, we'll get, it, get the audio up and the video up as soon as we, as we can. Um, this verse, one of the things I love about this verse is we think about, um, think about what we're we're stepping into here. We're stepping into a new building. We're stepping into the unknown if anybody's going to come to this building. Uh, I, was, I was thinking about Sarah and them. I was like, our biggest family's not here, right? They're, they're at Corpus where she sent a picture. I saw the picture on Instagram. I was like, there's never a bad day at the beach. You know, it, it doesn't matter how cold it is. It's beautiful, right? And, uh, and so one of the things that we need to do is, is I want y'all to understand that, that God wants to fill this place. Think about this. On Thursdays, and I believe, I forget what other day it is, bingo is played in here. The bar is right over there. This is where Jesus would be. We don't think of it that way. Jesus was with the tax collectors. He was with the people that the, the religious people would have nothing to do with. And that's not what our church is about. Our church is about understanding that, that we have to live our lives as Christians and understanding that we live our life in Christ. And what we want to do is we want you to grow in your faith, but understand you're going to fall in your faith too. You're not always going to be perfect. None of us will. But the moment that you fall, you have Christ. He's right there to help you up. You just have to repent. And a lot of people, what happens is they fall and they take off and they just continue on doing their thing. And that's not what God has called us to do. And that's not how Jesus wouldn't, he wouldn't give up on you like that. And, and in this community, I've seen a lot of that. I see a lot of people that have strayed or are, you know, they, they, they go to church because that's what they did as kids. I didn't come to faith till I was 39. So, you know, at the end of the day, God wants to use every one of us. Some of us are late bloomers. Uh, but I can tell you that 
that it's incredible when you see God move. And, and the same excitement that we had when we moved into the Mark and Media building, we had the same excitement this morning. The guy that opens up the building for us is not a believer. But we get to talk to him about God. God puts that in our, in our path. The moment that we walk in the door. Joshua is, is, in this scripture, one of the things I love about this is Joshua is leading two million rebellious young adults. They're, they're young, you know, young kids, young adults, and, and, and he's leading them into a land that's been promised to them, but he's leading them into a land that's, that's actually heavily armed with fortified cities. And so Joshua knows the odds and the things that are going to be coming because he's actually, he was one of the ones that went out and saw it. He saw what was going to, he said they're giants, but God can take them. Right? We're in this building, but God can fill it. We have to remember these things. We can walk in here and go, man, look at all the empty chairs and how not we start praying for every table to be filled, right? Why don't we do that? Because we look at it through human eyes and not biblical. We don't look at it through what God can do. And, and so one of the things I love is when we see Joshua, Joshua is promised uh, that he, he's going to have success, but God gives him some things that he has to do in order to have that success. And that's the same thing with us. God has some things that he wants to do in our lives, and he's, he's going to show us in, in this scripture today. But one of the things I want to remind you is that if, if you're in a battle right now, something's going on in your life where you're dealing with some kind of sin or there's something that's happening, if you belong to God or if you want to follow God, God is not going to leave you where you're at. He's going, to, he's going to give you that calling that he has for your life, but he's going to enable that calling. He's going to give you the power and the strength to get through it. Just like us being here today, we are about a year into a church. In March, the first week of March, it will be a year. We've already moved to another building. During a, during a pandemic. It makes no sense. You know what people say in the town that we're in right now? They go, oh, that's the pastor that started the church in the middle of the pandemic. I, what else are we going to do? Our time is limited. It's limited. Your time here on earth is very limited. And, and we cannot live our life struggling with fear and discouragement. So many of our kids are, that, that we have today... They're struggling with, with depression and anxiety. And you're seeing this movement that's happening where the kids are actually taking their mask off at school. They're saying, we're not wearing them no more. The suicide rate for young teen girls is up by 50% just over the last year. It's anxiety. It's depression. How many of you like being locked up in your house with the cold? I couldn't stand it. I was like, I, I got to go to the store. I got to go do something. I got to get out of here. I can't sit still. You know, it's, it's like at the end of the day, we need to remember that when, when God enables us, 
You know, he's going to enable that calling. We just need to step out in faith and do it. We need to step out in faith and do it. You know when I signed the lease for this place? Last night, 7 o'clock. I didn't know if it was going to happen. I was like, Lord, is this going to happen? It came to me last night, 7 o'clock. I was like, all right, Lord, we're moving forward. We're moving forward. But we step out in a sure victory. Let's look at, look at verse 5. It says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life, just as I was with Moses. So I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Probably one of the very most important verses in the Bible is this verse and the one that Jesus says in John 14, 26. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. And then Jesus also said, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. A lot of people feel like they're alone. You're not. You're not. You, God is with every one of us. God wants a relationship with every one of us. He wants you to be his. The moment that you cry out and, and ask God into your heart and repent of your sins, God fills you with the Holy Spirit and you're, you have the Holy Spirit inside of you. The helper. The helper that's going to guide and direct your life through God's word. The same helper is that the same one that says, I will not leave you as orphans, I will come to you. He's saying in this promise, and in, in the promise he has for Joshua, I will not leave you or forsake you. And how many of us have family members that we know that have fallen away? I, I, I know too many people that I've known that are followers of Christ and they just... And I'm like, you, you realize that God has not left you or forsaken you. He hasn't given up on you. He loves you. And I love that promise that he gives to, to Joshua here. God says, and, and this is something for us to apply in our lives as well, is that, that, that we have the Lord and God's not going to leave us and forsake us. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, it says, Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and, we, and, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. God with us. It's God with us. In verse 6, it says, Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. This is the first time he's going to tell them to be strong and courageous. And, and one of the things I want to share with you is, is I, if I can encourage you with this, is God is not surprised with your discouragements or your failures. They don't surprise them. A lot of people think that, well, man, God would never believe what, what happened. God knows what happens. If he says, I'll not leave you or forsake you, God knows. And one of the things I love is, is for Jacob, and Jacob reminds me so much of, of many Christians in the church today, is Jacob didn't realize that this promise was going to be fulfilled. It was something he always heard from mom and dad. There's this promise that God has. 
But it, it's going to be something that God specifically gives to Jacob now. In Genesis chapter 28, verses 15 and 16, it says, Behold, I am with you, and I will keep you wherever you go, and will bring you back to this land. For I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised you. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I, do not, I did not know it. And so this is the first time that Jacob is understanding God's promise for himself. He believes it now. He's heard this from his dad. And now he's going to take a hold of this promise and say, this is, this is God moving right now. And that's the sad thing is, is a lot of people, they, they haven't taken a hold of the promise that, that, that God is wanting that relationship with you. So many times we want to lean on our own understanding. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, it says, Trust the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make straight your paths. He will make straight your paths. And we see it that second time that He says, Be strong and courageous. In verse 6, He says, For you shall cause the people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. See, part of being strong and courageous is being strong and courageous and being obedient to God. Is, is understanding that our courage doesn't come from ourselves. It comes from our relationship with Christ. That's where our courage comes from. That's why we don't freak out. Sadly, I'll be honest with you. And this is an apology for the church. A lot, of, a lot of Christians got wrapped up in stuff that they shouldn't have been wrapped up in. They got fear when COVID hit. But our fear is in who? God. Our reverence is in God. So I'm not saying that it's, you're not going to get those feelings of, am I going to get sick? Am I going to die? What's going to happen if, if my, my wife gets sick? Or what's going to happen if my kids get sick? You know what you have? You have God. You need to go back to your relationship with God. And then you find courage in knowing that, you know what? If this is my last day here on earth, I'm with the Lord tonight. I'm okay. And I, I, I can tell you, I, I met so many people that struggled with fear, that struggled with um, they, they got wrapped up in the election, left or right, or, you know, red or blue, or whatever it was. And the church got all wrapped up in that stuff, and they forgot who they were. They belonged to God. That they were supposed to be strong and courageous in God. It doesn't matter who's in the White House, because God's on the throne. That's what we forget. We'd be strong and courageous. If we're going to be strong and courageous, it has to be in our God. Our strength comes from Him. A lot of times we're looking around wondering why this thing is happening in my life. And, and, and one of the things we need to remember in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, 3, it says, That no one be moved by these afflictions, for you yourselves know that we are destined for them. That, that sounds like fun, right? You're destined for afflictions. The word, the word uh, destined actually means 
you have an appointment for afflictions. It's not the message you want to hear on Sunday, right? But that's what he's saying. It's like, even though, because look, every one of us know life kicks, right? It kicks. We've had people die in our lives that we wish never would have. We've had people get sick in our lives that we wish never would have. I've seen, you know, I, I, I come from a, a family of, of, you know, addicted alcoholics. And, and not happy ones. Angry ones. They start drinking and they want to fight. And, and one of the things we have to remember is like we all go through those. We all have those stories. Not any person has a perfect life. And God is saying, look, even as you go through these, these afflictions, even though you go through these things, I will not leave you or forsake you. You need to be strong and courageous in me. You look to me during the trial. You look to me during the affliction. You look to me during the trouble. Who do we look to? We look to the world. A lot of times we do, right? We look to the world. We look for our answer in a bottle. We're in a drug. Right? We do. We look for our answer from somebody who's not even living for God. You'll go talk to somebody who's not even walking with the Lord and get advice from, from them about something. And it's like the advice is not going to be helpful. God's word is. You're supposed to be strong and courageous in him. That's who you go to when you go through these things. That's what he's trying to teach Joshua. He's like, Joshua, you need to come to me the way that Moses came to me. Our second part, our second point is in verse 7 and 8. It says, stepping, using a safe guide. It says in verse 7, only be strong and very courageous. Now we got it the third time. I can tell you, anyone who studies the Bible, anyone who, who spends time in God's Word, when God repeats something, it's important. If it's repeated in Scripture, it's important. This is three times he's telling us to be strong and courageous. Why is that? We're fearful people. Really, we are. You know what makes us have the worst kind of fear? Change. Change. Think about it. When, how many of y'all changed schools during when you were in middle school or elementary school? Isaiah's hands going up already. Yeah. We've all done that, right? I was a military brat. So we moved every three years. New high school, new middle school. I, my high school, I changed three times during my high school years. And the fear that comes every time you, the unknown, right? That change, the unknown. Is anybody going, am I going to meet anybody? Is anybody, am I going to get in fights? You know, all that stuff that you know is going to happen, right, in high school. But it's the same thing with, with God. Is he's saying, look, I'm telling you three times to be strong and courageous, but be strong and courageous in him, not yourself. That's what we try to do a lot of times, and that's why it fails. And I love that, that what he does is he's going to tell him what to be strong and courageous in. He says, only be strong and very courageous. Being careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. 
Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. So he's saying, look, if, if you need to be strong and very courageous in what? God's Word. God's Word. See, a lot of times what we do, and I can, I can tell you the first year of walking in church, the only time that I ever opened God's Word was when I was there on Sunday, because I didn't even go on Wednesday the first six months. It wasn't until a while into it that I started going Wednesday night. And then I felt real, I was like, man, I'm a Christian. I'm going on Wednesday night too. But it was like, no, you need to, you need to open your word. It's, it's not about attending church. It's about your relationship with God. See, God, God the way that we hear from God is through God's word. And this, what he's telling Joshua here is he's saying, look, you need to meditate you need to not depart, uh, you shall not uh, depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So he's telling them that, look, you need to be in my word. And, and the way that you know what you're supposed to be doing as, as, uh, as, as I've commanded you is, you want to be a good husband? You want to be a good spouse? You want to... You want to know what it is to, to, to live your life as a, as a believer? You use God's Word. That's where you find success. That's, and, I, and I mean, I, I tell people, I wasn't a reader. I have a hard time reading. It's just my... You probably hear the rocks knocking around as I hit that. I have to listen to it. I, then I read it. So if you go, well, I can't read, man, or I can't spend time reading, can you listen to it? Because there's so many free apps that have Bible, that, that, that you can do a Bible plan for free. And, and you can go through the Bible in one year. Just listen to it. The Word for Today by Chuck Smith. It takes you through the Bible in one year. And he, he's done it probably six times as a pastor. I think all of his teachings, because it has 1984, 87, and I mean, it's all of them on there. But you need to listen to it if you can't read it. You need to spend time in it. That's how you hear from God. Another way you hear from God is by praying. Praying. You're supposed to, that's why he says you're supposed to meditate on it day and night. And that word meditate actually means to ponder. That's what that word means, to ponder. And it means to carefully think before deciding. Think about that. If you did that in your life, if you carefully thought before you decided, I can tell you there was a lot of things I would have done differently, right? But when we have God's word on our heart, what happens is we make decisions based on his word. And it's easier to walk away from those temptations because they'll come up. And, and this is one thing I, I just want to make sure we talk about. Because for some reason, people think because you're a Christian, you're a super Christian, and you're never tempted. You are tempted. You struggle with sin. And that's why we use God's Word. Because it's God's Word when you're, you fall into sin that says, hey, you need to walk away from this thing. You need to repent. That's why it says to, to be in God's Word. You meditate on it day and night. As you live your life, you have God's Word on your heart. 
And guess what? The devil comes to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. The devil wants to steal anything that God is trying to give you through his word. He's stealing it. He wants to kill you. See, this is the part that people don't understand about the devil. The devil actually does want to kill you. Steal, kill, and destroy. And not just kill you, but think about this for a second. Your wife, your kids. If you can get to one of your kids and, and start tempting them and getting them to fall into sin and getting them addicted to, 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 to some kind of drug like meth or something like that, the devil will try to kill that child like that. And we know that. I, I've seen that in my own family. You know, where they're struggling in sin and then God finally, jail is the thing that woke my brother up. When he finally gave his life to the Lord. And then when he got out of jail, we were like, oh Lord, is he going to go right back to that sin again? And praise God he didn't. It's funny. The, 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 it's not funny. It's all the Lord. It's the, the, where he lives at. It's a small town. And uh, the, the AA, because that was one of the requirements he needed to do, was AA. And the AA place was meeting at a church. And the guy said, well, we meet here, but you got to meet with me at service beforehand. And then we go to the AA meeting. And so he would get fed God's word and then go to the AA meeting. Eventually, he became a member of that church and started serving in that church. He's been serving in that church for over, over 10 years now. And so if you tell me that God can't free somebody of an addiction, they can. My brother struggled with, with alcohol since he was 14 years old. 14. Because my mom thought it'd be great. Let them drink in the house. That way they don't get in trouble. She was a free thinker. <laughs> I'm not the only one who grew up with that but my mom was like well it'd be better if they drink here and then next thing you know they were drinking at school they had bottles in their locker they couldn't get away from it so you know it's it's that's why for us you know we need to remember that the, the devil does come to still kill and destroy he wants he wants to destroy every good thing that God is trying to do in your life Every good thing. When, when things are failing, it's because of the, the devil sometimes is trying to destroy those things. Now, sometimes we make mistakes and fall into sin, and that's just our own. But there are times when God is trying to do something in your life and in your, you know, in your marriage or in your business, or in, and, and the devil will come, come to destroy it. We need to remember that. So that's why we need Joshua. He's being told, hey, you need to be meditating on my word day and night. Have it on your heart. Have it on your heart. It's very important. And that's, that's really something for us to remember. Uh, Psalm 63, verse 6 and 7 says, When I remember you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night, for you have been my help, and in my shadows of your wings I will sing for joy. David, I love that verse because David is actually meditating on the Lord before he goes to bed. And here's the part of the story that nobody's told you is that David was being chased to be killed. No food, no water. And what does he do? Meditates on the Lord. 
So what do you do when you're going through something? First thing you should do is look to God. Right? Look to God. It tells us in, in Scripture that we that you know in, in Matthew chapter four verse four, but he answered, and this is Jesus that is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by the every word that comes from the mouth of God. In Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, a verse that we all know very well. For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of spirit, of, of, of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. Understanding that it's God's word that discerns your thoughts and the intentions of the heart. That's why you have to be in God's word. It's so important. So important. Right? And so one of the things we have to do is we have to read it. We have to understand it. That's why we have the helper. That's why I gave you that verse in John 14, 26. It says, He will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all that I have said to you. When he does that, he's actually bringing things like things that you read in the morning or heard in the morning. The Holy Spirit brings them to mind. So like something happens and you go, man, I need to tell that person about, about Jesus. They're going through something right now. Or I need to pray for that person. God said to love my neighbor. That's what I read today. Let me, who's my neighbor? Everybody. <laughs> right? Not the dude next door. The, you know, it's everybody. Everybody's your neighbor. Right? And, and that's, that's one of the things I love is like we need to, we need to live it out. And understand that it's the Holy Spirit bringing those scriptures up. So when we're tempted or something happens, it's the Holy Spirit that brings up a piece of scripture to us or something to us that we might have heard on the radio or something from a pastor or something. And it, boom, it clicks. And you go, oh, I remember that. Or you're talking to somebody. Right? You're talking to a friend or somebody and you go, you know what? God said you're supposed to love your neighbor. You throwing your trash in their yard is not really loving them, is it? And you go, where'd that come from? That's the Holy Spirit that brings that up in remembrance. The third thing we need to do, do with the Word of God is we also need to absorb it and apply it. So it's not just a matter of us reading God's Word, but it's actually applying God's Word. So when he's telling Joshua to meditate on it day and night, it's actually living God's Word out. And that's what we should do. Right? Be, be uh, not just be hearers of the word, but be doers of the word. And so one of the things I love in that scripture is it, it says. Um, let me pull it back up here. I'm sorry. It says, do not turn from it from the right hand or the left hand that you may have good success wherever you go. So, how do you have good success? Well, you don't turn from the right hand or the left hand. You actually use God's word. There's a promise there, right? And, and in order for us to, to, to receive that promise, we need to be living out God's word in obedience. In verse 8, it says, the book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night. So that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. 
for then you will make your way uh, make your way prosperous and then you will have good success now a lot of people will use this as the uh, the prosperity movement that's where that comes from healthy wealthy wise that's where that teaching comes from but the the part that people forget is there is an actual promise of you actually not departing from the book of the law people forget that part they live any way they want and they think they're supposed to be healthy wealthy and wise but it's like there's a promise that yeah you're going to have a prosperous life and and what you may think is prosperous is not money or your health it's prosperous for god may be that you you, you have a successful marriage and that you raise kids that actually follow God. That could be prosperous for the next generation of kids. But see, we think of it monetarily, right? That's how we always think of it. But it's, it's understanding that if we are going to be in God's Word, if we're going to um, you know, be obedient to God's Word and meditate on it day and night, we have to do that first before we have that the, the, for, it, uh, for us to be prosperous and have good success. And the last point we have here, the last part, is stepping with the sustaining power in verse 9. It says, Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, do not be frightened, and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. So one of the biggest things that uh, even for us as a church is, is the taking that first step. We've been talking about that, and the reason why... I decided I was going to teach this is because last week I was talking to Sarah and they were talking about having to take a step of faith. And taking a step of faith is not as easy as everybody thinks it is. I know we have, we have people that have taken a step of faith, opening up a business. It's not what you think first, right? It's a, it's a step of faith. A ranch that's trying to be open, it's a step of faith. You're stepping out in God's will. And saying, you know what, Lord, what, you, what do you want to do here? You put this on my heart. You're going to enable the calling. I'm going to step out and do it. Even being here this week, I, we were like, how is things going to work? How are we going to? We'll figure it out. God will figure it out. We just need to be faithful and do what God's calling us to do. And we were like, well, the Winstrom family won't be here. That's one of the big families. I was like, and then Elba's sick. And then we're like... Donna was sick and we were like it'll probably just be a couple of us but we were like we're still going to be here we're still taking that step of faith and doing what God's calling us to do we can't allow fear to keep us from doing what God is calling us to do and 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 anything that 2020 and 2021 has taught us is that we live in a very fearful nation in a very fearful world and you know who loves that the devil the devil loves that he loves that. That's why everything that you see, you know, vaccine mandates and all this other stuff, it's all moving to a one world order. It's in the Bible, in the book of Revelation. As we get into Daniel chapter 7 and on, we're going to start dealing with some of these prophecies and things that are going to be happening as we see Jesus return. And, and so a lot of times what we need to do is we need to fear the Lord, but that's where a lot of people struggle as they fear the world more than they fear the Lord. And Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is insight. 
See, our fear should come from the Lord, and that fear is, is the word actually means reverence. It means we have a reverence for God. Like, right? But a lot of times what we do is we fear the world, and we don't fear God. God can't see me. <laughs> God put it on your conscience, didn't he? When you do something you, did, you weren't supposed to do, you know because right here it hits you. Or right here it hits you. You know. So don't act like God's not there. He's there. And we need to remember, if we get, uh, when we have fear of the Lord, that's the beginning of wisdom, when we fear God. And I love Isaiah 41.10. It says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. That is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Because if you're struggling through something, you need to write that one down or remember that one. Isaiah 41.10. Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. And that's where a lot of people struggle is in fear and discouragement. And it fills our minds. And when it does, we're ready to... Unfortunately, and one of the things that, that happens even in the Bible is when you have fear of the Lord, you have that reverence, but when you're, when you're fearful in the world... We had people that actually wanted to kill themselves, wanted to commit suicide in the Bible. And you go, wait, that's in the Bible? It's in the Bible. They were like, Lord, just, just, I'm done. Be done with me. It happens. Jeremiah went through that. Jeremiah said this in Jeremiah 15.10. He says, woe is me, my mother, that you bore me. A man of strife and contention to hold the land I have not lent, nor have I borrowed yet all that all of them have uh, cursed me. He was having a pity party. He was struggling. And he's like, Lord, I wish I wasn't born. And we've all been through that at some point in our lives. Where we're struggling through something. I love what God tells him in Jeremiah 15, 20. He says, And I will make you to this people a fortified wall of bronze. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail over you. For I am with you to save you and deliver you, declares the Lord. Jeremiah lost his focus for a second. His fear was in what? The people that were coming after him. His fear was in what they were going to do to him. He lost focus on who his God was at that moment. That's why if we're going to be, be strong and courageous, we can't shrink back from obeying God. The first thing you do when you're going through fear, cling to God. Cling to God. When you're going through discouragement or a trial or suffering, Cling to God. Don't run from God. Cling to Him. Cling to His Word. God tells us repeatedly time and time again in Genesis 15, 1 to Abram, He said, Do not be afraid. 
I am your shield, your very great reward. In Genesis 26, 24, when Isaac was expelled uh, from this, uh, his land by the Philistines, he forced to move from place to place. God appeared to him and said, Do not be afraid, for I am with you. Even in spite of David's adultery, God was with him. Now, not just adultery, but he killed, had somebody killed. But God was with him. And it's a reminder to us, no matter what we're going through, and, and Lord knows people go through some serious things, and, and, and I know that there are a lot of people that are struggling through anxiety and depression, suicidal thoughts. Uh, we, we, we know that a lot of teens, they, they spend a lot of time cutting themselves. But don't be frightened and don't be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Do you believe that this morning? You can come up by the... So today is... I can scoot back and go on this side of me. Uh, it's Communion Sunday and so... Communion Sunday is actually a, a, a chance for us to have communion with God. It's, um, it's a reminder to us of, of the time that the Lord has, uh, has saved us. It also uh, tells us that uh, in order for you to receive communion, you have to be a believer. You have to be a follower of Christ. And so... Um, Man, I didn't even think about that. I didn't tell people, if you're watching online, go grab some bread and some juice or some uh, crackers. I usually tell y'all to remind you. And so y'all take some time and go do that real quick before we get started. Um, but if you haven't chosen to follow Jesus, uh, what I want to do is give you an opportunity to do that. And, and that's for those that are watching online and uh, that will listen to the podcast later or, or whatever. Um, and those for those that are here, I don't know everybody here, so I want to give you an opportunity, you know, as we, we close our eyes and we'll, uh, one of the things we need to remember is that as we, we choose to follow Christ, Christ, there's just four basic things that we, we, in order for us to be a follower of Christ, we have to admit that we're a sinner. We're all sinners. We've all committed sin. Um, it says that the penalty of death is, is sin, so it's just one sin, one lie. Um, <laughs> I think about stealing. I, I, I did all that by six or seven. Um, so, you know, but it's, we have to admit that we're sinners. The second is we have to ask for forgiveness and be willing to turn away from our sins. And, uh, and then we believe in Christ and believe that he was resurrected. And then we ask Christ into our heart. So with eyes closed, what I'm going to do is if you want to pray this prayer after me, just repeat it after me. And uh, if you're listening online and, and you want to pray this prayer, that's awesome. Uh, let's go ahead and close our eyes and let's pray this prayer if you want to. It's, it's a sinner's prayer and it says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know I'm a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe in my heart you died for my sins. And rose from the dead. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Be the Lord of my life. And be my Savior. 
Help me to do your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. That was Pastor Michael Petit from Calvary Divine, Texas. Remember, if you need to get more information on the church, you can do that at calvarydivine.org. God bless.